earlier this week, uh, Reverend Smith called me, and we chit-chatted for a little bit, and one of the things that we talked about was my attire. He asked, he said, Tommy, what do you normally wear? I said, well, I normally wear a suit. And he said, well, okay, if you wear a suit, I'm going to wear a tie. And then I show up this morning without a tie, so he's wearing a tie in my stead today. I'm relaxing just a little bit today. But it has been really an honor to hear all of the stories uh, about you, um, Reverend Smith. And I give it over to you, sir. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. Well, it's good to be back. I, I, I have had, had opportunity to speak with a number of you that that uh, were so faithful when I was here. And, of course, uh, been a lot of the saints that uh, I look around and see that have gone on to glory. But it's, uh, it's always good to come back. Tommy, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to come back and share your pulpit with you. Thank you so much. Um, several of you have asked about Julia. Julia is over at All Care now, a facility that's about, it might be six minutes from where we live, and uh, I had her yesterday. We went out to lunch. In fact, she was with me Thursday. I had to carry her to the dentist. She had to get her teeth cleaned and checked and made our rounds. But uh, one of the things that, and Julia, of course, couldn't come with us today, but I'll have to look back to David Whitfield to keep me straight on when it's time to go. Because when we was here, it was him and Ed Wynn would stir up Julia about five minutes to 12. And about that time, she'd holler out at the top of her voice, Carrie Hilliards! Church was over. We left at that time. So uh, I'll just look back there and you can kind of just wave when it's time to go. And also, um, the boys, both of my boys are in... Uh, one of them's in Atlanta, and the other's in Jacksonville. They're both doing fine. I got two grandsons. Uh, Dennis has two boys that uh, they are. One of them's a senior in high school, and the other's a sophomore in high school. It doesn't seem like it. Leah and I have a. Uh, she has uh, two children, a boy and a girl, and and the, the daughter has four children, two two girls and and two boys. Um, one of the girl, the oldest girl, is married and has four children, uh, two little girls, and, and a set of twin boys. Uh, they have twin names. I have named them Wild and Wilder. <laughs> they go full speed all of the time. There's no, I mean, it goes from zero to 90, and psh, when they start off, they never go anywhere walking. It's always running, but they are, they are special little fellows. And uh, also, she, uh, her oldest grandson will be getting married in, uh, in, a, in a couple of months now. And, uh, and one daughter, uh, one granddaughter is uh, in graduate school, and, and uh, two boys work with their dad. One of them's in school, and both of them in college. One of them's in studying electric, electronics and works with his dad. Marja Wynn reminded me of what she said as I was leaving uh, the parking lot over here the day I moved to Lizella. Correct me if I'm wrong, Marja. I believe you said, don't come back without a wife. Is that correct? Okay, well, I didn't have to. One of the church members did. I was at the uh, back door of the church greeting the people there as they come out. We usually run about 100, 115 or so in the morning service. And there's a lady in our church that sort of looked after affairs, we'll say. I won't say she tended business, but she looked after affairs of people. And, 
She said to me one day, her husband had just had back surgery. We were going out to the door, and she came to the door and said, wouldn't you like to have someone to go out to lunch with? And I thought she was maybe, maybe he needed to get out to lunch. I said, sure, but I'd be fine. Well, I didn't think any more about it. In about two weeks, she said, are you going to call her or not? And I said, well, I don't know who her is. You, you didn't get to that part. That's the lady I worked with. We're making a long story short. I did. And uh, I did find that wife in Lizella. She lived in over, over toward, uh, she didn't live exactly in Lizella, but close enough. So my wife Lita's here today, and she's got her Aunt Joyce uh, Barnes with her, and her sister Judy McDonald's here. So uh, we're glad to have, have all of them with us today. It's been a great. Julia is, uh, is doing well, and, and she's, uh, she she's, does real well where she is at All Care. I think that covers about everything. I just want to say I bring you greetings from the Hill Country. Our folks said uh, they want to send their love to you. We have a, a lot of large churches, a small church, retired supply. But it's a good church, and we have a good time there. So uh, it's good to be back here with you. I want to read to you today from the 10th chapter of Luke. <coughs> Excuse me, the closing verses. Now, as they went on their way, he entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing, and Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. It's the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Um, let's pray. Father, we thank you now as we come to the spoken word that you just give me the words you want me to say, Lord. I just uh, look forward to this time of sharing your word, and we pray that the word is uh, from you to these lovely folks, and may it fall on attentive ears. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, um, I was thinking about this last week. In fact, this is not the text that I was really going to preach, this, this scripture. But I, I just happened to be sitting in my office, and I turned over, and this scripture came up. And I said, you know, I better take a closer look at this scripture. And, you know, I got to thinking about it. Distractions. Distractions, things that come in and catch our attention and take it away from us. Distractions are not new. They were around even before Jesus. And they were certainly there, we see from the Scriptures reading today, in the, in the days of Jesus. Martha was distracted by many tasks. And, 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 and we know that... Uh, Oftentimes, we are distracted by many different things in our day and age. So distractions were then, and they're certainly now. Martha was distracted by many things. Now, we don't. Luke tells us about this trip, and he's kind of brief with what he tells us. We don't, he doesn't give us the name of the village. He doesn't tell us where that is. But we have to go back to John, the 11th chapter, first verse. And we find out that this village is a place called Bethany, the home of Martha and Mary and their brother Lazarus. Now, we believe 
from what we read in the Bible, that Jesus was very fond of this family. And they were fond of him. They were good friends. And, and he would often stay there when he was on his way to Jerusalem. He was always apparently welcomed into their home. On this particular occasion, we know, if you go back and you look at the Gospel of Luke, chapter 9, verse 51, starts Jesus' journey to Jerusalem and ultimately the cross. So he's on the way to Jerusalem and the cross. He's getting very near when this happens. Martha welcomes Jesus into her home. He was always welcome in their home. Yeah, I thought, you know, Tommy, that would preach. I, 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 I'm not going to preach on it, but, but that would be, yes, a sermon. How many, how, many, how many homes in America this morning is Jesus welcomed into? How many homes is he welcomed into? Martha welcomed Jesus into her home. Now, we don't, from Luke's account of this, we, we're not told a lot about this family. Again, we go back to the 11th chapter of the gospel, gospel of John, and this is the two places in the Bible, these two chapters are the places that this family is mentioned. I don't think, as far as I can tell, they're mentioned anywhere else. Now, the name Lazarus will, will appear in one of Jesus' parables. It's the only time a name appears in a parable, Lazarus and the rich man. But this home is apparently... And we, we're just we're just kind of reading into this, we're doing what we would call isogesis, putting, putting, reading into it and thinking about it. Apparently, this home has got to be a pretty good sized place, because Martha has invited Jesus, and he's got these twelve disciples traveling with him. We don't know if there were others that might have been invited. We, we don't know. We're not told how many people are, t- are there, but we can surmise it was a kind of a large number of folks. Martha's got to prepare a meal. We're going to have a good meal. And just this best cooks in the world right here in this church. I'm telling you they are. We're going to have that meal in a little bit. But Jesus was being, they were going to fix a meal for him and his disciples. Martha was preparing the meal. And I tried to figure out how many people was Martha preparing for. We'd just be guessing. We know there were at least 13 disciples. Three in their family. That's 16 with Jesus. It was 12 disciples, and Jesus made 13 number. And then they had the three, that's 16, and, 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 and there were probably others there. So we, we could probably guess that she was preparing for 20 to 25 folks. She's busy in that kitchen. Oh, man. I know sometimes Lita's family comes. She's got a large family of grand, grandkids and all, and everything's over at our house like Christmas and Thanksgiving, and, and, and it's a lot of work. She works in that kitchen. Getting ready. Martha was busy preparing for Jesus. Now, where is Mary? Mary, the young. We, Martha is probably the older sister, and she always seems to be the more, for lack of a better word, settled of the sisters, the more, the one that kind of tends to business, you know. And, and she's, she's in the kitchen working. And, and Mary always kind of impresses me when I read in the 11th chapter of John and, and, and these, and, and, and I get the opinion that Mary's just a little bit, and she's, she's the, you know, you can have in a family, those of you who've got brothers and sisters or have got more than one child, you can have different personalities in the same family. I, I know my brother and I, we're different personalities. 
Dennis and Tom are different, <laughs> very different personalities. Some of Lita's grandkids, I, they're different personalities. Martha and Mary were a wee bit different. Martha more attended to business. Mary a little bit more, I don't like the word flighty, but a little bit more relaxed. Where's Mary? Martha's in the kitchen. She's preparing for a bunch of folks, a nice sit-down dinner. And Mary, she's sitting at the feet of Jesus. Now, Mary shouldn't have been there. Oh, you said, whoa, wait a minute, preacher, what did you say? I said, according to the custom of the day, Mary should not have been there. She should have been helping her sister prepare the meal. But she's sitting at the feet of Jesus. Martha's distracted by many things. You know, she's got this to prepare, she's got that in the oven, she's got this going on, everything's happening. This stuff is getting close to dinner time. And, we, and she goes to Jesus. Kind of gets Jesus involved in this thing. She said, Lord, look at where Mary is. You know, this is men's world out there. The men are talking to you about the word, you know, about God and all. That's the disciples and, and the men folks are out there. Uh, according to the custom of that day, she should have been in the kitchen. And she said, Lord, you know, send her in the kitchen. She needs to come on in there and help me with this meal. But Jesus, Jesus doesn't. He doesn't scold Martha. He just says, Martha, Martha, you are distracted by many things. You're distracted by many things. Mary, well, she's, she's got to focus on only one thing. She's interested in the Word of God. And she's interested in hearing about the Word of God. And that won't be taken away from her. Basically, she's doing a good thing. Now, he doesn't say that Martha's doing anything wrong. She's just distracted by many things. You know, in the day in which we live in, in our day here in the 21st century, we are distracted by many things. We are distracted by many things. I could give you a list of them, but I, I, won't, I won't do that because I know you're going to be ready to go to dinner. But I, I think I got one. One with me somewhere. I might have left it in the car. I'm not sure. Here it is. Y'all all got one of these things? A cellular telephone? An iPhone? You know, these things like a mini computer. I see Brian back there laughing. He knows I don't know how to use a computer. But, uh, you know, I can find things on these things. I see right now, Fiona strengthens into a hurricane near Puerto Rico. Well, that's interesting to know. That could be distracting. These things... Now, some, I've heard people say, and I, I think they are wrong when they say this, but I've heard people say that the, the computers and cell phones and all are from the devil. That, that's not right. Now, i tell you one thing. They can bring the devil out in you. The mind can. It don't take them long to bring that devil out, out in me. But I think they're gifts from God. They're good things if we use them correctly. But if they become distractions... That's another thing altogether. Computers and cellular phones, they're distractions. Sometimes we have other things that distract us in our world. We have financial responsibilities that can be distracting to us. We have a lot of things that can be distracting in our world. Martha, we don't know what else was distracting, but Martha, Jesus said, was distracted by many things. We 
or distracted by many things. What Jesus is saying to Martha, and he's saying about Mary, there's one thing that's really important, and that's our focus on Jesus Christ, on the things of God. Now, what is it that distracts us from that? Man, I could go back to these computers and cell phones. I know I sat down at my desk. I don't, Tommy, I don't know where you had this problem, but I'll sit down. I'll start working, and I'll turn around to the computer to do some research, and my computer's got a screen that comes up. It's got all kind of current events going on, you know, a little screensaver or something comes up there. And I'll find myself seeing what, you know, who's going to be first place in starting the NASCAR race, which is very important stuff. Who's going to be doing this, that, and the other? What's somebody in Washington done, which is less important probably. But, you know, we, we find things that can distract us. Stuff that, that, that takes our focus off of God. Now, you can, you can actually have on these uh, iPhones, you can actually have the Bible on that iPhone. I've got it on mine. I've got the King James Version, the, the uh, authorized King James Version, and I have the New Interpreter's Bible on there. But am I, am I distracted a lot of times by reading them? No. I might be distracted more by playing Candy Crush. Y'all don't have that on y'all's phone down here, do you? Candy Crush. What a waste of time. I'm on 469. <laughs> How are y'all doing? Huh? How many of y'all on? We can play all kinds of games on those phones. We can read the Bible on them, too. We can read the Bible. We can do a lot of things on them. They're not bad, but they can be distractions. What Martha was doing wasn't wrong, but it was distracting her from where she ought to be. Now, I think about our own situation today. In the United Methodist Church, we're distracted. We are distracted. We've lost our focus. Our focus ought to be on Jesus Christ, but it's on everything else. We're trying to figure out whether we want to go or stay. We don't know whether we want to be United Methodist, whether we want to be Global Methodist, or whether we just want to be Something else, independent. Our folks are discerning that. That's a distraction. I tell my folks, hey, we don't need to worry about it. We need to worry about reaching the lost people for Jesus Christ with the gospel. That's what we're about. That's what we ought to be doing. It's telling people about Jesus. Martha was distracted by many things. But Jesus said, Martha, you know, you, 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 need, to, you need to listen to see what Mary's doing. She's, she's listening to the Word. Now, Luke is very clear throughout his gospel to, to point that these words of Jesus are the word of God. So Mary is listening to this. And she's listening for the word. And she's, she's, she's even though she is, well, you know, Jesus, Jesus had been known to go against some of the customs of the day of his day. He'd been known to kind of turn things upside down. And he's doing that a little bit right here. Martha is in the kitchen where she ought to be, and Mary is sitting over there. And custom would dictate she ought to be over there but in the kitchen, but no, she's listening to God's Word. We need to follow Mary's example. Now, I want to be clear with you about something. I want to let you know that, that, that Jesus doesn't condemn, and I mentioned it before, but she, He doesn't condemn what Martha's doing. No. There's nothing wrong with what Martha's We need Martha's in the church. We've got to have workers. We've got to have people to take care of God's business and God's facilities 
and to take care of God's people. Martha was serving. She was trying to do that. But we can't get so caught up in trying to take care and to do these things and to serve others that we forget that Jesus Christ is our main focus. That's, how, that's who we serve first and foremost is God. This church right here. I, I believe if I, I'm not a mathematician, but it seems like it's somewhere around 170-something years that y'all have been serving Christ in this community. What, what, one, 181 years of serving Christ. You, think about the number of people that have been touched by this church in that last 181 years. The number of people that are in glory today because this church is here. Because this church kept its focus on Jesus Christ and, and reached out and served the people. Now we serve just like Martha by doing things. We take care of of the people that are in need, the less fortunate, the hungry, the homeless. We take care of those that need visiting in the homes. We take care of, of, of a lot of different things. When a disaster occurs, you watch the news sometimes. I want you to watch this. When, the, when a storm or something strikes and there's great human suffering, you will see the first people on the spot will be from some of the churches. It'll be the United Methodist Council or it'll be the Southern Baptist, uh, whatever their, their uh, mission field is. It'll be the Salvation Army. It'll be the Catholic Relief Fund. It'll be somebody from a church. And then after they get things kind of under control, the government may show up at some point in time. But we're serving, and that's what we're called to do. That's monsters at work. But we're also called to spend time with God in contemplation. Spend quiet time with God. Do, do you do that? Are, are, you, are, are you distracted by these many things? Or do you take some time to spend with God? Now, I, I have been taking my time early in the morning. I, I wake up early, sometimes be 5 o'clock, instead of laying in bed trying to go back to sleep. I'll get up and go get me a cup of coffee and go out on our, We have a screened-in porch on the back of our house some rocking chairs out there, and I and, and our dog Arlo, you don't know Arlo, but he's a big old fellow, about 75 pounds, and he's about, he's not distracted by many things. He, he usually sleeps, and nothing much distracts Arlo. But he'll get up and go out on the porch with me, and I'll sit there a lot of times, I'll pray, and I'll just sit there and listen for, for God, and watch the sun come up, and people start going to work, and things begin to happen. But I'm spending time with God contemplating, meditating, whatever you want to call it. Mary was spending time with God. Now we need that. We need to have those times of worship. We need to have the days like today when we're celebrating and we're celebrating God's goodness and we're spending time with God. But we also need to be in service. So really there's a balance here in this scripture of the two things that the church really needs to do. One is to serve, and the other is to worship and contemplate. There's a place for both of them. But unfortunately, sometimes we get distracted by many things. And unfortunately, in 21st century America, brothers and sisters, we don't do neither because we're too busy dealing with distractions, whatever they might be. 
We're too busy dealing with them. So what we've got to do is we've got to learn. Now, now there are going to be distractions. They, they've been here since before Jesus. They're going to be here when we all gone. Distractions are going to be there. But what we have got to learn is how to, to, to focus on what's most important. And always that's Jesus Christ, the center of our lives, most important. And, and we look at some of these distractions, and I'll be honest with you, some of them are serious distractions. Some of them might be issues about health. Some of them might be issues about finances, particularly in the world in which we live in. And it might be issues about this, job, whatever. I mean, things that are, that are really, really serious, things that we need, to, we need to contemplate. But here's the thing. If we spend that time with God, we can give those distractions, even those serious things like illness or whatever, we can give those over to God. You see, there's nothing bigger than God is. He can handle anything. He's God. He can do anything. I've been preaching a series in our church on the Apostles' Creed. And, the first, of course, the first Sunday was, I believe in God the Father, creator of heaven and earth. God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Creator. He made it all. So therefore, he's in charge of all of it. And we can tap into that resource by spending time with him. So St. Augustine, I was reading in some of his sayings, he said this one time, and I thought it was really good. No man has a right to lead such a life of contemplation as to forget his own ease, in his own ease, the service to his neighbor. Nor has any man a right to be so immersed in active life as to neglect the contemplation of God. I think that says a lot right there, and it says kind of what we're dealing with, you know, distractions. Things come along that, 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 that get our attention, and, and, and we can't help that, but we can learn how to deal with them. We can take those distractions. You know, one thing we can do is leave that computer alone, you know, and we can put that cell phone in on silent and put it in our pocket and ignore it for a while. I'll leave it somewhere else. We can deal with some of those distractions simply enough, but there are other distractions that are harder to deal with. Health issues, you know, all these things, financial issues, care of others, a lot of things. But we can deal with that by spending time with God. Martha was distracted by not something bad, but by doing what she ought to have been doing, in a way. Distracted by many things. Mary at the same time, was spending time with Jesus. We don't know what Mary's problem, where she had anything she needed to give to God. We don't know. I think Mary understood that Jesus was very near to the cross. I think she got it. So, as we close, here's what we need to remember. We need both Martha's and Mary's. All have a purpose. We all have distractions. They are many. But we can deal with those by simply spending the time with God that we need to, by taking the time to be with God and leaving those things with Him. Also, those distractions that we can control, we can turn them off. We can't let them interfere with our time with God and with us sharing the gospel. That's our primary focus. Lord, I thank you for this great church. I thank you for each one gathered here. I pray that they are blessed by being in this place today. And Lord, I thank you for the privilege of being here to speak with them and to preach to them. And Lord, I hope this was all pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, amen.
Every time we sing the song, she's going to scream, praise Jesus, hallelujah. And you know what? Brother Smith was up here saying, talking about our distractions. We will celebrate football games. We will celebrate jobs. We will celebrate everything with shouts of praise. Let us all sing shouts of praise to God for what he has done. Amen. Amen. All right. Isabel's going to pray for us. After we pray, if you will, y'all just go ahead, go on down to the social hall and make yourself at home and enjoy the food. Hello, Father, and thank you for your blessings, and thank you for the homecoming lunch. May I thank you, we praise you a lot. We pray for you to say your victory in Him. May I thank you for all of us and all your victory, and thank you for serving as your Father and your Son. And for the daughters and sons, and the people of my will, bless her and pray. Amen. 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 And she blessed the food already, so okay. <laughs> Good job. Let me go down the second. Oh. I forgot to light the candles. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's okay. We did it last week also.